0: Welcome to My Life Chassidus Applied, episode 216, a special Gimel Tamuz edition. One of the hardest things to speak about is Gimel Tamuz for any chassid, for anyone who knew the Rebbe or of the Rebbe. So it's not an easy program to do, but as the Fridic Rebbe said a number of times, the Rebbe Chassidu over, it's difficult to speak, but even more difficult to remain silent. We have the strengths, the keuches, and the blessings given to us by the Rebbe to deal with every given situation. As the Rebbe said about the Friedrich Rebbe, which is paskins on himself, that the Rebbe bavorn, the Rebbe for how do you say bavorn, the Rebbe foresaw, or gave us, anticipated everything, and gave us the powers to deal with any given challenge, as the Rebbe would so often quote, el God does not ask us something to do something that's not within our power. And this was said to Moshe Rabbeinu by Hashem, when Moshe presented, can the Jews actually accomplish, build the Mishkin and other challenges that they had? So we're told, and we know that we have the Kedekichus, and we come together as Chassidim, the Rebbe said the agdus of Chassidim, the unity of Chassidim will lead them to Mashiach, and definitely will also give us the abilities to deal with every challenge, including this 24-year challenge since Gimel Tam was 24 years ago, this coming Shabbos. So, will of course be the most focus will be on this topic, and Chassidus applied applies to all situations, including the challenges dealing with the Rebbe not being here, Begashmis, and how how we continue on and how we continue to thrive and grow and and do what we have to do to lead the world to G'du'ula, Hamitiz Vashlim as we were charged to do and fulfill our mission in this world. Tonight is also Chof Ches Sivan, the 28th of Sivan, 7, 77 years ago, in the year Tavshin of 1941, is when the Rebbe arrived to these shores in the United States. A year, approximately a year and a half after the Frizzik Rebbe arrived, on Shaini Tov Shin, 1940. So... It's interesting, it comes re- literally within days before Gimel Tamuz, um, and of course the Rebbe coming to America, as it's written, the is written and it's published, began a new tnufa, a new, a new period, a new t'kufe, of the spreading of Teher and Chisidus, and the Rebbe, as the son-in-law of the Friedrich Rebbe at the time, leading the, fr- the three main mazes and organizations that the, Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe appointed him to, which was Ma- Ma- Merkas, Kohos, and Machni Yisrael, the publishing arm, the social arm, the educational arm. And, of course, that would lead nine years later to the Rebbe assuming leadership after the stalkus of the Frieden Rebbe, Yud Shva, Tov So all these days have significance. Chav Ches Sivan, in a way, is one where we have plenty of directives from the Rebbe. And, of course, it's the focus is on bringing Chesidus to everywhere because the Rebbe is coming to Kadra Tachtan, this lower hemisphere the expression used in the Maimorim, why? Because the Chatzikadar is the other hemisphere where Israel is. And this is the hemisphere where Matan Teter was not begoli, as the famous letter that the Friedrich Rebbe wrote to the Rebbe, to says, Echid Mecheson, one of his sons-in-law, was the Rebbe that asked the question, what does it mean Matan Teter was not here? So the Friedrich Rebbe explains, not here begoli. So therefore coming to this part of the world was a new era, a new a new uh, era of spreading Chassidus and Teirah Chassidus and Yiddishkeit, even to the lower hemisphere, which, of course, the more you bring it down, the, the higher is the Gilui, and ultimately the transformation that transforms the entire world. And this is based on Chassidus concept that everything begins, when Adam and, Chava, Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, their Avedah was a powerful, a not, was the intention was that there would be Veda as the Altar Rebbe says in Teirah like a great big uh, f- torch, when the flame is so great, it can draw to it all the sparks. But that's from, Lamata. That's from the top down. That didn't work, so they began the trans- uh, population growth and the transmigration going out of Gan Eden to go to gather those sparks. And as the stages continued, the, it, it, just, the job was separated to more people, and you had to actually go and start finding those sparks from If you can't draw them to you from the top down, you have to go get them. So therefore, the coming to the United States, which is a key element to it, is the, the 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 stage where we go even to the lower part of the hemisphere, even to the so-called secular America. And the Friedrich said, America is Nisht Andish, And to show that even in a world that's so driven by materialism and monetary gain and all that comes with that, even there can be transformed to a world of Teireh and Yiddishkeit, a world that is Roy and worthy of being... Bringing the Geula and making a dita So this day, tonight, and tomorrow, that is a it captures and reflects that power. And of course, Chassidus applied is that the whole concept of taking Chassidus and applying it to every aspect of life. Could that have been done earlier? It was done more from the top down. But now we have the language and we have the ability to translate it into the paradigms of our times and the times and the challenges that we have in the 20th century, in the 21st century. And uh, being able to apply it and make it relevant and integrate it into our personal lives. So that's the significance of the day. And that's, of course, the best way to dedicate ourselves is through commitments of doing exactly that. As the Friedrich Rebbe says so many times that the Friedrich Rebbe connected to Shvat, the Shvat, is the day when Moshe Bayer Satera that Haytev, Bayer where he explained it, meaning he translated into Shivam 70 Languages, he said the Frida Kareba initiated the translation of Chassidus into other languages, which is not just the language, it's also into a different idiom and a different paradigm, and, uh, and being able to bring down Chassidus and to reach people who may not know the Hebrew, not just the language of Hebrew, but the spirit of Hebrew, and bring it to the most chutzah, and chutzah mimena. Now, if we were zecheh, we could have been achieved the through, from coming from the top down. It mean, wouldn't need to translate. Hebrew would be enough. But the kavonah clearly became apparent that it has to be done from the bottom up in the deepest way possible, which, which the milah of that is, the chassan, of course, is it takes longer, and it's harder. But the milah is that it becomes internalized and the world becomes a Muksha, because it itself recognizes it, not because the light is so great, but because the world itself appreciates it on its terms, which is why it's so vital to explain Siddhis on the psychological, emotional terms of people's challenges in their lives. It actually demonstrates, as the, the Rebbe says in mm-hmm. Kuntzis the Etzem is because you need to reach into the deepest levels to be able to explain it to such a to the lowest level, so to speak. Like Chizitah talks about in general, a translator or the Mishalim that that, that Meller gave. the Moshul requires a lot more intelligence than right, saying a Nimshal. An Nimsul an is a moral, but the Moshul requires thinking. How do you explain the idea to someone who doesn't understand the original idea? And going 3,000 levels, bringing it down so many levels, means you have to go deeper in to go further out. That's the significance of a Chavches Nis Sivan in context of this applied, in general in context of our lives. But with that, we shall go, and I will just say that the lessons from Chavches Sivan spoke about it as well on episode 121. So here's a good opportunity to mention the the uh, the the rich archives we have for my life citizen supply two hundred and fifteen previous episodes all can be found at MeaningfulLife.com dot slash my life there you can also submit your question anonymous question um, uh, which is there at that at a forum which is completely anonymous as well as the other uh, the other services and the other materials you can find there including the essays and other materials that we post there that are very valuable in helping us all live more meaningful lives and taking and applying it to our lives. This is also a good opportunity to encourage you and, and invite you to help us and support and partner with us in making these programs possible, which are free, with all the work that goes into it, by either dedicating or sponsoring a program in the memory of a loved one or in honor of a loved one, and it's a great way to continue this excellent service, which excellent is not just my own words, but also the words of many people who benefit from this. And with that, we will move from Chav into Gimel Tammuz, which is, as I said, this Shabbos will be the 24th, I don't know what you want to call it, I don't like the word anniversary, 24th year from Gimel Tammuz, that fateful Monday, that fateful Shabbos Sunday in the year Tov Shinnun Dalet. And... Um, we all are challenged, as I said. So I, w- I did speak about Gimel Tamas many times, including that connection to Pasha Kedach, which is also this year Shabbos Pasha Kedach. The first year it was on a Sunday, it was Metzoy Shabbos Pasha Kedach, and Aleph the first day of Pasha Chukas. So uh, this year it comes out on Shabbos Pasha Kedach, which of course is obvious the connection. Kedach challenged the concept of a Rebbe. That's what he said to Mesh Rabbeinu. Why, you, why are you raising yourself up? The entire community, the entire congregation are holy. Everyone. So why are you raising yourself up to be higher? He challenged the concept of a Rebbe. And what did Gimel Tamaz, it's exactly what Gimel Tamaz does. Challenges the concept of a Rebbe, unfortunately, in a very sad way. So Kedach is both tells us the challenge, and of course it tells us also the answer, which we'll talk about. So I've spoken about this a number of times been a, unfortunately a recurrent theme, an important one. Different questions regarding Gimel Thomas, what we teach our children, how are we supposed to hold on? What is the message? What is the lessons? So let me first give you the cross-referencing and then I'll read some questions, Gimel Thomas question related questions that I've that gathered from the last few months of questions. And we're dedicating this this episode mostly to these topics, which is so apropos time-wise. So the episodes where Gimel Thomas was discussed, episode seven. Episodes 19 through 24, 67, 71, 72, 121, and 168. Now let me read a few questions uh, that came in, as I said, recently and also over the months. And again, reminding you that all the questions will be addressed. Some of them are backed up simply because I can't redo them all every week. So here's question number one. Gimel Thomas details. Hi, Rabbi. I'm a Shuva and Baruch Hashem, I've been endowed with a passion of learning and curiosity. Over the years, I learned many of my Moram siches letters of the Rebbe, heard many stories, etc. Now, when it comes to the estalkos of the previous Rabbeim, we have stories and details and facts of what happened during their last moments on their ter- on their, of their terrestrial lives. Now when it comes to our Rebbe, I don't know where to learn these, these informations. I once tried to ask our local shliach, but he broke down in tears. I know it's painful, I know we all have, we all have our more, more important things that the Rebbe told us to do, but he's my Rebbe as well, and I feel the right to know everything about him like the old Chassidim do. I'm sure people will know a lot what happened, who was with the Rebbe during the last days, what happened, who took care of the body of our Holy Rebbe, washed him, etc. In short, my question is, where can I learn all that happened during these sad days, thanks. So let me begin this question, then I'll go to the next. Well, You can imagine why people find it difficult to talk about, because it still remains a complete mystery. You know, every histalkus, anything that happens, any type of a break, so to speak, we, we don't see something begashmis. even though Baruch Nisa lives on, as the Agedas Akedush says, that the Rebbe's presence being that's Chaim Ruchni, in spiritual life, so lives on even stronger, because he's not bound by a body. His life is based on avavir, love and awe of God and amunah and faith. But any type of break, no matter what, whether it's basir, physically or emotionally or psychologically, whatever you want to call it, is painful. It's difficult. And in this case, especially because the Rebbe was such a strong presence and told us clearly that this is the Deir HaShvi, the seventh generation, generation that will enter into the Gula. So when there was a break, in this fashion, and now 24 years have passed since, you can imagine it's extremely difficult to speak about. Because what do you say? I would assume that is the reason that most people don't talk about it like we do, let's say, about Yud Shvat, Chovdal Tevis, Beis Nissen, and the other days of the Yemih Lula of the Rabbeim, because that's from the past, and we do have stories, and we do have many details and unbelievable material. And with the Rebbe, there remains this type of... Um, shock, and uh, overwhelming experience. People don't want to talk about it. Many people don't even know. It. Frankly, I don't really know the details. I've heard here and there. I wasn't there. I wasn't pursuing it. I was trying to do my work because I didn't see myself as being of help. But it was definitely sad days and sad times and many different challenging situations. And um, especially due to the fact that, the ones, that when everybody was ba'ardus and unifying. There was, there was challenges. Other than Rabbeim had... The Rebbe, they had their families with them. The Rebbe had the heart attack, the Rebetzin was there. Yut the Rebbe. And the Friedrich Rebbe's family was there. The same thing, the Friedrich Rebbe was there with the Rebbe Rashab. The Rebbe Rashab's histalkers. Here, who was there? A bunch of mediocre people. I'm not here to criticize, but definitely not Rebbe'sha families. and not Rebisha people. So therefore, that only adds to the pain and only adds to us, like in a sense, erasing... That part of history, I don't know if the word erasing is the right word, but definitely ignoring it. I've never really pursued that. some things I've heard, but I'm definitely not going to sit here and give a whole background there because I don't have enough information. And so even if I did, I don't know if that's my role. And that's what we should be talking about. So I can't really answer the question except by saying, that the Deir HaShvi is different. There's a difference. Every one of those generations ended, and there was Vezor HaShemesh or Ba HaShemesh, the new sun rose after the previous sun set in the language of the Rabbeim. Be'ez Nissen led to the Fridic Rebbe. Yud Shvat led to the Rebbe. Yud Gimel Tishrei led to the Rebbe Marash. Yud Gimel um, Nissen, which is the, the Tzemaq Tzadik Sestak, led to, uh, led, I'm sorry, Yud Gimel Tishrei led to the Rebbe Rashab. Yud Gimel Nissen, which is the Fridic Tzemaq Tzadik Sestak, led to the Rebbe Marash. And um, Yud Kislev, Tes I should say, Tes the Mittler Rebbe's led to the Tzemach and Chov Dalteves, Dalte led to the Mittler Rebbe. So there was a, a continuation. It was sad at the time, but the continuation. Here we're waiting. We'll soon talk about why they're not appointed another Rebbe. But this Day HaShvi is the Day HaShvi. So it becomes even more challenging. What are you going to say? So we say we have to continue doing our Veda our work, the Rebbe charged us with what we need to do. And if we needed to know what those details were, we would be told, since we weren't told. My Rebbe too, the truth is, it doesn't bother me. I don't need to know all these details. It doesn't really affect me. Curiosity, there's always curiosity, but I don't think curiosity is what drives us, should drive us. What should drive us is what did the Rebbe say and what we should do. And I say this to you, just as I say you to myself, I don't know many more details, and, I thought, and if I thought it was important to know, I would find out and share I think what the most important detail is this. that Rebbe did not leave us alone. He gave us enough material, enough tziches, enough directives, enough keikhis, faculties and strengths, to be able to continue and perpetuate in, in the path that he forged. As he said in the famous Gimel Gimoshva Tov Shinun Beis, which was uh, two years earlier, around the, uh, seven, six uh, weeks before the stroke, that when a that when Rebbe has a stroke, our job is to be his mouthpiece, like Aaron was to Moshe Rabbeinu, and to pass on and disseminate and carry on the Rebbe's message to the world. That's what we need to know, and that's what we need to do. And that's the focus. And like the Rebbe writes about the Holocaust, that when, when he's asked the question, why, he says, we don't know why. And if God wanted us to know why, he would have told us. The fact that he didn't tell us why means you can do your work without knowing why. And as the Rebbe writes in a number of places, that me and greater people than me don't know the answer this question, to this question and to other questions. The Rebbe writes in Tovshin Yud after the Rebbe's Talkus, when he's asked the question, what's going to be? People were trying to push the Rebbe to be Rebbe. So the Rebbe said, was it there are bigger things I don't know. We have a Rebbe, the Rebbe will take care of everything. What will be? Are The bigger things I don't know. So if the Rebbe could say that, we can all say that, and that's my approach to this. There are things we don't know. I would say the majority we don't know. That which we do know is what we need to do. And that's the focus, and that's all I can say about it. That nothing more to really add to that. And we'll talk, of course, we continue to talk what that focus is and what it should be and where we're going with all of this. Okay. Next question. Is before we go to the next question, you know what? I want to share something personal. Something now, Rebbe is many things that Rebbe has a famous introduction to one of the Maimonim. Rebbe is a Lamdin, he's a gone, he's a teacher, Admur, but above all, is a nasi. a Nossi leader, global leader, world leader, Jewish leader. There's also the way Chesedim put it that the Rebbe is a father, the Rebbe could be a friend, the Rebbe could be a Melech, a king. I mean, the list goes on. But there's also the element of the rabbi being a shepherd, a Sain Marise, a shepherd does not forsake his sheep. That's also an expression used. neman, mehemna, The true shepherd, the faithful shepherd. So there's a story I heard recently that I thought was worthwhile sharing because it comes, brings it down to our level in a way. I heard this from the daughter of Rabbi Benyoman Goradetsky. Who was for many years a Bokayach, essentially a, a, a representative, more than just a shliach, like a power of attorney to the extent in, a, in, a, in the legal sense of the word. I don't know if that was exactly his role, but he was that Bokayach in Europe. He dealt with the joint in Europe, Northern Africa, and Israel, and he spent many years, many months there, even though his family was living here. He was the son-in-law of Rabbi Shmuel Levitin, the famous Elder Choset. When the Rebbe became Rebbe, his daughter. It was Mrs. Garadetsky? her name was Rabbi Sanchayasari Garadetsky. was by the Rebbe, and she said, Maybe the Rebbe now, meaning the new Rebbe, will have Rachmanis on our family and will um, allow her husband to stay more at home. The, the children need a father. And the Rebbe answered, When, your husband, when your, your husband will do my work, I will do his work, meaning the fatherly duties. And you could send the children, and I will. So her daughter tells me that uh, she said to the Rebbe, A A father of children can dreheh a kop, meaning they can, means they can uh, fool around with him, they can uh, play with him, they can uh, bug him, bother him. All that's included in dreheh kop. But a Rebbe, you can't. So no, the children need a father, not just a Rebbe. So the Rebbe said, Lavdafka meaning you could. A yeah, Rebbe, you could also do that. Now, of course, you could take that in a negative way, but you could also take it in a positive way, that a Rebbe is not just a Rebbe, an exalted pedestal in an ivory tower, God forbid, there's also a Rebbe among us, a Rebbe that cares about our concerns and can come down like a father comes down to children, he bends down as the Chassidus brings the Moshli he bends down to pick up his child. So we have not be, We don't have to be ashamed or bashful, or in any way hesitant to turn to the Rebbe and cry out for the things we need, not just the exalted things. Obviously, as the Rebbe said a number of times, that why waste your effort in asking for nadesh Like he said, we can bet in peril, often howls, we group in, in soup, in zoop. Friedrich Rebbe once said, if you can ask for pearls around the throat, which means a luxury, something really rich, why are you asking for pearls in the soup, which is like beads in the soup, soup, soup beads? It's also the word beads, is used in them both in Yiddish. So obviously we should use the Rebbe for the highest, but we don't have to be afraid to be able to talk to the Rebbe sometimes, just cry out for our own personal things. Talk about applying chassidus to life. The Rebbeim, besides being great teachers and great masters and godly people, the shamas of and being able to be mamshech, look who's they were mamshech into this world, Being faithful messengers, they're also faithful shepherds. And shepherds takes care of the sheep. Moshe Rabbeinu was tested because he lifted through the sheep, as David Hamelach. Moshe Hayeroya—that's the first expression of Moshe as he goes into a godel. He was a he was a shepherd. The same thing. David Hayeroya, and Meder says because God tests his leaders with sheep. And Moshe, the famous story that he was he was tending to the flocks of Yisra, his future father-in-law, and he noticed one sheep was missing which alone is a among thousands of sheep, he noticed one, went to look for it, and then found that somewhere it ran off because it was thirsty at a brook of water, and he carried back on, the shoulders, on his shoulder. And Hashem said, if a man can be so sensitive to one sheep, I can trust him with my children, with my people. So this is a Rebbe. A Rebbe also has that element. Again, we have to make the choices and always use it for the most, obviously not use the Rebbe to be your band-aid or your crutch or your back scratcher, as I've told once the story that the Rebbe told my father. But here I'm focusing on the element that sometimes, especially in our days, after Gimel Tamaz, we know we have a great Rebbe, you can talk to the Rebbe, because the Rebbe remains a Rebbe. That's like people ask me, why don't you appoint a new Rebbe, which we'll talk about in a moment? I say, This is my father passed away 13 years ago, I don't look for a new father. This is my Rebbe, my teacher. Obviously, you want to have something Begashmis. So it's important to mention, that's that story. That story leads me right away, reminding me of another story, which I'm sure I shared here, but I want to share it again. 40 years ago it happened. And this was um, a, uh, a story that a little child, this was the year the Rebbe had the heart attack. So it was, it was Pasha Pinchas, it was a very hot day in Crown Heights. And the Rebbe was fabrenging then, he was talking when he fabrenged, he didn't fabreng Shabbos day those years, it was Metzoy Shabbos, except for a few exceptions. Shabbos Day, the Rebbe would walk. I believe he walked home. The doctors wanted him to walk home, or he may have been walking to the library. I'm not sure about that detail. But regardless, he walks out of 770 a little while after the evening, maybe 1 o'clock. I think it was a little more like 2 o'clock. And a little kid was outside, was playing, and he was, you know, the children don't always see, and ran over to the Rebbe. He thought the Rebbe was his father, so he took the Rebbe's hand and walked a few inches. It was a very hard day, so the child took the Rebbe's kapote, his coattail, and wiped his forehead with it, from the sweat. The mother of the child was standing across the street on Eastern Parkway and was mortified to see this. Right after Shabbos, she wrote a letter to the Rebbe asking for mechila for being, for being she wrote. I'm in pain. I'm, I'm in pain over the fact that my son, in other words, bothered the Rebbe. The Rebbe's answer. I'm going to read it in Hebrew. The original. The Rebbe, on the word Mitzta'eret, the Rebbe made a question mark, exclamation point, which means, what are you talking about? What do you mean? A cappella, wonder. And he wrote, On the contrary, The child was Gerem, caused, underlined, through doing this. You cannot imagine, you cannot estimate, the great heartfeltness, Innocence, V'atmimus, surpasses is more simplicity, Tmimus is innocence, and V'amitis, and truth, shall yell of a child. Halavai we, we, we wish it were that way by beg'delen. Especially as explained, according to explanation the nation, of on this. and even more increasingly so, she'ba this happened, this incident that your son basically came running over to me and used my coattail to wipe his sweat, came behemshech, a continuation, a chesem, and conclusion, ending of the haftere. The Rebbe is referring to the haftere, the Rebbe said a little while back, by that day, that day, the great idea of the chesed that was done in your childhood. You shall bring him up, your child. all your children. She So the halavai me'inze is interesting. Halavai, you could say, is spoken, of course, about the levovius the pashtus, the t'mimis, Amitis, but you could also talk about the halavai that gdelim would also do what this child did. So they should have the innocence and pshtes. What do you say again? The, the lavovies, pashtus, the tmimus, and amitis to reach, and that ever responds, and that causes nacha it's not, God forbid, a pain or, or any causing any agmus nefesh or any any uh, aggravation, God forbid. just wanted to read that, I thought it's appropriate as we go into Gimel Tamas to remember these things as we connect. On this day, mysterious day, a day where the sun stopped, literally, when the Shemesh be given day by Yeshua, those are the days, of the Askhalta de Gula of the Friedrich Rebbe. That was the day when he was released from prison to go to Kastrema, and it was still not seen as a full Gula. But the Rebbe calls it Askhalta de Gula because it turned out to be that it actually led to Yud Be'ez and Yud Gimel Thomas, which was the full Gula of the Friedrich Rebbe, not just to exile from a, from a death warrant or death penalty. So let us now move to the other questions regarding Gimel Thomas. Why don't we appoint a new Rebbe? This question has been asked a number of times and I addressed it at length in eighty-seven episodes 87 and 88. But since well, since it's being addressed again, I am going to read it, at least briefly. There's a long letter written to me about it and try to talk about it. But again, I refer you there because I probably spoke about it more uh, at length and more detail. And here now be, this will be more summarized because I can rely on the... ...recordings of the previous episodes. Dear Rabbi Jacobson, I know it has been a long time since you addressed this question, but it was Hashem's will that I watched you address it just now, and I'm sitting down to write this letter because I just can't keep silent about this topic. I hope that you will find my letter respectful and not offensive in any way. The question was, why don't we appoint a new Rebbe? You answered it by talking about three things. One, after Gimel Thomas there was no obvious replacement for the Rebbe as there were for the Rebbes previously. Two, the Rebbe says that this is the seventh generation, the last generation of Golas and the first generation for Gula, which leaves no room for another eighth Rebbe. Three, it is the shlichus of this generation to be independent and bring Mashiach through our own efforts, and not relying on a tzaddik, and that is what the Rebbe wants. That's a little out of context, I would say, to rely on a tzaddik, but the tzaddik is the Rebbe, who gave us those kechas to continue doing it, until we actually bring the Gula and reunited with the Rebbe and all the rabbim. So that's a little correction. I am not satisfied I am not satisfied with your answer. This fellow writes not because it doesn't make sense it does make sense but it just isn't proving to work practically. It is all very easy for someone that was close to the Rebbe talked to the Rebbe even just saw the Rebbe to be feel so connected. But for the younger generation born after Gimel Tamaz it's not that way. I have been near many kinds of Chabadniks and the only group that I think has successfully imparted some kind of discussions to the next generation is the Israeli Meshachis Chabadniks who believe with a, faith, with a fierce faith that the Rebbe's Mashiach is still alive and might walk into the door any minute. Perhaps that is why their children are not drifting away from Yiddishkeit and being swallowed up by the pop, by the pop culture. Well, before I continue, let me just say, it's incorrect what you're writing. Everybody has their challenges, including the group you just said. And regardless, we have directives of the Rebbe, what to do, what not to do. So that's the only thing that drives us. It's not someone comes up with an idea, this is what you have to do, and that's what's going to keep our children. We follow what we were told to do, not more, not less. And um, I've talked about this many, many times myself as well. Let me continue with your letter, because the point is well taken about the new generation. I will discuss it more after I continue reading. The generation of American Lubavitchers that never saw the Rebbe suffering tremendously. I know a lot of young people my age that have very small connection to the Rebbe, they don't feel much as cautious. They are not burning with fire a Mashiach, and if you say that we need to do the work ourselves, and so on and so forth, I do not see it happening with this new generation. Well, I need to comment again it's not just American Lubavitches, there's also Israeli Lubavitches, there's also French Lubavitch, and also Australian Lubavitches, and South African, and English, and Russian, and wherever you go. We all need a Rebbe. A Rebbe serves a role, Begash and the Shama Beguf. So I don't agree with you. And you're saying, don't feel much as gosh, they're not burning with fire a Mashiach. Maybe they are burning with fire. That doesn't solve the problem. So I'm not sure if your agenda here is some type of Meshachist agenda, which I obviously am not here to be a platform for that. But it sounds like that's where you're going, and I just don't want to give that impression. Now, you're entitled to say what you want, and I read, read letters that I don't agree with, but I also read them with a, with a qualification to make sure that they're not hijacking anything here and not trying to drive some particular point. And if you can create a fire for Mashiach, you can create a fire for everything that the Rebbe stood for. Of course, Mashiach is a central key, a cornerstone in that. And if that we can create that, so why are you saying we do, we, we, that, that we need to do the work ourselves and so on? Yes, that's also work we need to do to get the fire going. So I'm not sure exactly what you're saying in this line, and, as I want to, and I want to point out that point. There needs to be a huge change in order that this young Lubavitch generation will get off their iPhones and stop going to sports games and start dressing like sons and daughters of a king and be burning to, the Rebbe's, to, be burning to do the Rebbe's work. I hope you come up with some ideas here because I am reading this, but, uh, but I continue because I find, first of all, you can learn from everything. Secondly, you are capturing the sentiments that I think many people have, and I think it's worthwhile to therefore convey that. If you think that leaving the Rebbe and joining some other group or just finding another Chabad Rebbe, that's not that good, is a kind of treachery to the Rebbe, I am so sure that the Rebbe would have rather that his own children be bogged him rather than they abandon his mission and do the opposite of what he stood for, become completely modernized and just a trace of Hasidus left in them. Again, you're suggesting that appointing a new reb is the only solution here. I don't really see that at all. First of all, my reasons still stand, go find somebody appropriate. Second of all, just because you put somebody up in an administrative position doesn't suddenly mean there's going to be a fire burning. So I'm not sure how, it's not about treachery to the reb, it's about will it work, besides whether it's even possible to do. Anyway, I'm responding as the paragraphs go, so... That's, my, that's what I'm trying to do here because it's a rather longer letter I don't know what Chabad has in it it may be that Chabad will wake itself up from its sleep and have a great upheaval anything is possible if Hashem wills it but I think it's very sad that all the who certainly have no problem connecting with the Rebbe should expect the younger generation to feel that same way I am of that younger generation this is how we feel in the words of my dear friend how can you expect us to be good when we never saw the Rebbe well let me just answer that before I continue even reading I personally know tens, if not hundreds, of young people who never saw the Rebbe, and they are even better than myself, which is not saying much, perhaps, and older Chassidim that you talk about, and people who saw the Rebbe and live with the Rebbe. We all have Pchira. There's a long, there was a world of Jews before the Rebbe was born. There was a world of Jews before the Alter Rebbe was born. We're 3,300 and 30, 30 years since Matan Tera. We've had many challenges. Obviously, having giluim like we've had, are unbelievable, but that does not mean we're alone. God runs the world, and God runs it as he sees fit. To make this type of statement that uh, the Reb is not here, first of all, Baruch Nis is here. Ma b'chaim Just as the children are alive, so, he's, so is he alive. We have p'chira and free will. This type of resignation and fatalism I simply will not accept. That's why I stopped in the middle of the letter because I want to make sure I don't not one shred of it. That's not how we were trained. We have to think about this yourself. Think about it with others. We are trained to be empowered. Empowered to make a difference. We can't just lie down and die and say we can't do anything. Appoint another Rebbe. That's not going to solve anything. Rebbes don't solve solutions. Rebbes are what Hashem wants us to be like. You find someone in your life that can be that way, by all means, find someone like that. Do you want to treat him like a Rebbe? Treat him like a Rov. Just have respect to him like a Rav mashpi. It's also enough. Listen to him. Listen to him with your... Qu- bring these questions to him. So to say, that I know young people, young many young people. Do young people have challenges? Yes. By the hundreds as well. And you think young people didn't have challenges 40 years ago? I was a young man then. We all had challenges. Challenges are always there. I always tell people the Yetzirah was alive and kicking long before Gimel Tammuz, And there's nothing in that sense new. We all have our Nusenius and Tests. Was it easier? It was easier. Yes, there were certain milestones it was easier to have a base Amikdash. And everyone thought once, the base Amikdash has gone, it's all over. That's not the Jewish way. So your voice is one of negativity, of depressed, and of fatalism. And that is what we need to fight. And I say it with all respect and with all the love. Find someone that motivates you, that empowers you. Okay, let me continue your letter as we go along in this special Gimel Thomas edition. So I'm being a little more Blunt, and a little more, or less gloves than usual, for obvious reasons. Okay, so where are we here in your, in your uh, letter? As I said, it's a good letter, and it's a good opportunity for me to use it as a platform to share my thoughts. How can, can you expect us to be good when we never saw the Rebbe? Yeah, you can expect people to be good because they have free will, they have the inner dignity, they were created in the image of God, and, and if you need a Rebbe, the Rebbe gave us many directives and a mission to be accomplished not just the Rebbe, the Rebbe, and before him, and the tater tells us to be good. And the Rebbe is not going to, to free you from your free will. The Rebbe that never took anyone's free will away. I am a Chabad girl of the younger generation. I never saw the Rebbe. I inherited, so to speak, the Rebbe from my parents, who are Bali Tshuva. Perhaps it came from being out-of-the-box people. I don't know. There was a lot of factors involved. But anyway, I didn't feel very much as cautious to the Rebbe or to his Derek, and all that I learned For some reason, it made no practical difference in my life. There you go. Had it made a practical difference, maybe the whole tone would be different. So it could be it wasn't taught properly, or you didn't learn it properly. So that's exactly the mission. Chassidus is absolutely relevant. Someone just told me the other day, he went to taking psychology. See, psychology teaches you about the soul. He never heard anything like this. A yeshiva bach. I said, all chassidus teaches you about the soul. He says that's all. That's like abstract ideas, holy soul. It was never made applicable, exactly as you said. Okay. I could theoretically wear pants and learn chassidus. I could go to college and learn a lot of chabad and learn chassidus. I could learn chassidus without being shomer etc., etc. I'm just using examples that a lot of chabad girls have trouble with. I started learning chassidus from Rav Yitzchak Ginsburg, and it changed everything. One day, I just realized that this love that I was feeling for him was gashus. even though I loved the rebbe. And everything, like a good daughter of Chassidim should, I had never felt this way about him. So I decided that he is my Rebbe. And although I'm Chabad, and I guess you could say I have an eighth Rebbe now, a person only has one Rebbe, and he is my Rebbe. It was so good for me, I became so close to Hashem because of it. I started going out of my way for mitzvahs, and I stopped being connected so much with the Gashmis of this world. I became proud of being a Jew and a Chassid. I was able to see more clearly. His skafia became real, and it definitely helped me bring others closer because of the enthusiasm that I had for Hashem. The Tera and Mashiach. Of course I still have struggles because everyone does. It's a long journey. But I've come a long way because I have a living tzaddik, a well of living waters. You know, I uh, bless you. God bless you. I wouldn't call him a Rebbe. You can call him a good mashpia, a good rab, But you can call him whatever you think you want to call him. And uh, God bless you, as I said. I'm sorry for being so personal. I hope you, won't, you don't mind and I hope you understand because I don't think that most of the older generation of Chabad Hasidim understands or is willing to actually face and take some action regarding the problem. Am I a boygid? Sometimes I feel that way because I feel like I, why I couldn't, I, I have been happy with the Rebbe, why shouldn't I have stuck without with the Rebbe, though it's hard. I wonder what Rabbi Ginsberg, by the way, should, would say about this. You should probably ask him. That's my thought. But I don't think that the Rebbe wanted to leave us to be lost sheep without a shepherd. I already anticipated that, and I already said what I had to say. There's no such thing as a shepherd leaving his sheep. Yes, Hashem is our shepherd, and actually the Rebbe works through his mashbim, through his rabbonim. He said that. So Chassid wrote to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe gave him an answer, like the advice of, good, of friends that are experts. So he said he wants the Rebbe's advice. Why are you sending me to Yedidim Avinim? So the Rebbe said, Why do you mind that I'll answer you through your friends that are experts? So the Rebbe works through many ways. But Hashem also leaves us with the true shepherd in each generation, the soul of Rabbein Rabbeinu, the soul of Mashiach. The first and final redeemer, which is the soul that the Rebbe had and the soul that somebody in this world right now has. Somebody right now has the soul of the Rebbe. Okay, this is your thought. Most people will disagree. And I, including myself, I would say that the soul of the Rebbe tra- is communicated to us through our mashpim and Rabbonim and also through the Rebbe within each one of us. Like there's the Moshe within each one of us. That is good enough. The Chabad rabbim Dafkin never said who would be the next Rebbe. It was up to the Chasidim and Hashem. That's incorrect, by the way. And every alternative Rebbe, alternate alternate Rebbe, the alter Rebbe was the Mitla Rebbe. The Mitla Rebbe did not say that some Tzedek, the Chassidim, the, the, uh, 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 but it was someone obvious. Tzermach Tzedek gave a Tzavah to the Rebbe Marash. The Rebbe Marash did not say the, reb rasha. the, reb rasha, the Rebbe Rashab. The Rebbe Rashab, the Fridic Rebbe, was a Ben Yochid, it was very clear. And the Fridic Rebbe didn't say specifically the Rebbe, but it became clear to the Chassidim. After Gimel thomas, there were suggestions, I'm not even going to mention the names, when asked... One is said to have answered, if you asking me to be the Rebbe, you don't know what a Rebbe is. It seems now she, he has agreed to serve some Rebbe roles among the chassidim. and chassidim, so I don't know if he would say the same. In any case, it's pretty clear that after Gimel and you might argue even now there was no one to be the next Rebbe. The Rebbe totally took his Nesillas to a completely different level. Chabad always have, had to have the best of the best, but the Rebbe did even that. The Rebbe tried so hard to bring Mashiach, he tried harder than anyone before him, and I think harder than anyone after him will. But he gave us the power as I mentioned. There was no one to take his place, and that was clear, but the question is this. The question that I ask is this. Does the Rebbe need to be like that? Have that much, have that much greatness in the way that the Rebbe had in the time of Mashiach? And the answer is, again, the greatness of the Rebbe is he gave us, to continue his work. He said clearly, zayin, and other times. If indeed this is the generation of Mashiach and we should start acting that way, then perhaps as is hinted and by certain prophecies, everyone will be burned by his fellow shupa and other places. Mashiach is when we're all prophets, when we all follow Hashem's will without asking our rebbe for orders. Perhaps in the times of Mashiach, a rebbe is not supposed to be a general. No, is a general and continues to be a general. It's just the way he leads is the difference. But there's no reason to assume that there will be no rebbe, no tzaddikim, because that's against the entire concept of Mashiach. Mashiach is a human being, a king, David, Malcolm Mashiach. I feel like because Chabad never accepted another Rebbe, or never just accepted that someone else can be as great as the Rebbe, Mashiach that is alive in this generation that has the Mashiach soul, the soul of the Rebbe, although perhaps he doesn't wear the same hat, or have the same color eyes, perhaps he doesn't talk the same way, doesn't have a chance. The only way Mashiach can come is if the Chabadniks are completely sure that they have proved that a person is actually impregnated with the soul of the Rebbe, because only the Rebbe, and yes, all Chabad to believe this, whether or not they say it. Only the Rebbe could be Mashiach. This is a much more complicated topic, and I don't necessarily agree the way you phrase it. Mashiach, the God decides who Mashiach is. The Chassam Sefer writes, the Rebbe cites that Mashiach is, in every generation there's a Mashiach, a potential Mashiach. And it's a neshama that comes into the person to make Mashiach. When you say the is Mashiach, even that, what does that mean exactly? The Rebbe's body, the neshama of the Rebbe, G'e'el lishnu who G'e'el we know. Moshe Rabbeinu and Gael achren. Moshe came from Shevet Levi. Gael achren from David from Yehuda, Shevet Yehuda. How do you explain that? The point, I'll be discussing this a little later in the, at the end of the program, in the Chassidus question. The point is, this is a, another complicated subject, and bottom line is we have to focus on what we have to do. The Rebbe gave us marching orders, and I'm surprised you don't mention that at all, what we need to do. Why are we talking about focusing on things that we don't have control over? control over to appoint the Rebbe. It's not in our control, it's just like it's not in our control to build the base Besamein Shashlishi. We have things we were given and orders to do it and given the strength to do it. That's the focus. And that's where I digress from, that's where I digress from your tone here. I, I read what you're saying because a lot of people think like this. But where's the empowerment? If a Rebbe means anything and you're saying you found a mashpia that can channel the Rebbe to you, great. Was it empowering you to do what you have to do, to bring the Gula? Timing, you continue to write. It takes looking to find. We need to look for that soul, even in the places where everyone thinks that he isn't. The nitzus of Mashiach is in each one of us, and we have to do everything to make that, that's my response, to make it come alive, to fan those flames. And then when the nitzus, the spark of Mashiach in each one of us, will shine brightly, we'll have the, the gula mitzvah with the Mashiach klali. No, we're not charged to go look for a Mashiach somewhere. If someone obviously comes up, then clearly someone indicated to be that person. If Hashem wants him to, us to know who it is, he'll let us know. He'll send us a person that fits the criteria. I, thi- I think Mashiach means, you conclude in your letter, entering a new era which implies that all these concepts of a tzaddik, of the connection to Hashem, of our mission in life, etc., require complex, complete rethinking. Absolutely right. We are no longer going to be in Golis, just struggling to survive, preserve Yiddishkeit. People are still acting like we have the same mission as in Golis, when the Rebbe said so clear that Mashiach is already here. 20 plus years ago he was here and he's certainly still here. It requires complete rethinking of these concepts and this is the new Torah of Mashiach. Let me translate that what, in words that I would translate it. The Rambam says, The, the work of, the, world, of the, the entire world will be the business of the entire world, the preoccupation of the entire world will be nothing but to know God. That's the rethinking. Instead of thinking about materialism as an end in itself, money as an end in itself, power, our egos, our our indulgences, our our taiva's desires, and all the other things that seduce us, we focus on the means, that's all means, to what? To a higher end, which is the divine purpose of our lives. Ladasas Hashem That's the new paradigm, the new way of thinking. A change and shift in consciousness. A paradigm shift in consciousness. I don't have any of these answers, I just have questions, but Hashem will help, and of course it involves absolutely, as the Rebbe emphasized time and again, which means self-initiated work. But that doesn't mean no more Rebbe, it actually means the opposite. We have to act together, all the Jews, every single one, to crown Mashiach king. No, my, my friend. It means to do our work, what we were given to do. Crowning Mashiach means accepting the heros of Amelech, which is listening to his directives and learning his teda. That's what it means. It's not some type of physical thing. It means literally accepting the yoke of heaven, of what God wants. Melech malchem, lochem baruchu. And through his shluchim and, his, and, the, and the shluchim that he sent to this world, follow their heiraz, the Moshe of each generation. The Rebbe said that it can happen right now. Of course I can keep on talking forever and I hope I'm not getting confusing. I hope I managed to get some point across. I don't want the Rebbe's chassidus to be destroyed God forbid, because the younger generation is drifting away. I want it to continue to the next level because that, the one that is always Zechah to be the next Rebbe is the one that brings the Chassidus to the next level. For all practical purposes, the next Rebbe is Mashiach. And it could be the same Rebbe becoming Mashiach. So I think you're barking up the wrong tree, frankly. This whole thing with another Rebbe, I'm not sure where this is coming from. It's nowhere in the Sikhis and the maimorim. That's not what we were given to do. We were not charged to do, not even Bremas. So that I would knock out. Most of what you're writing is fine, but you should, I don't see this thing with searching, it sounds like almost a child searching for a crutch, searching for, God will send, who he has to send when he will not want to send it. Of course it was, it was Hashem's will that Chabad has this in-between period, and I'm sure that the Rebbe knew about it, and I'm sure that the situation is, is instrumental for the coming of Mashiach. Yes, absolutely correct. I would be very happy to hear your thoughts, but I mainly wrote to you so that you could hear the thoughts of one of the younger generation. But I'd be very happy if this helped you sympathize with them a little more. Thank you for all the work you do with the best wishes. Thank you. I did read your full letter because I thought it captures a lot of feelings that I've read in many other letters. I just thought it was well stated. I've made all my comments, the ones I agree with, the ones I don't agree with, and I hope you take it in the right spirit. I absolutely sympathize. I absolutely empathize. I'm in it with you. We're all in the same boat. I think we have our challenges, and we all have them. And I said what I had to say about that. Here's the next question in this uh, Gimel Thomas special edition. <clears throat> what lesson do we learn from the fact that before Mesha passed away, he assured future leadership so that the Jews not be left like sheep without a shepherd, yet our Rebbe did not. Moshe did not suffice it with just, I'm leaving my writings. I'm not asking a faith question, Why? what am I to believe? I'm asking what am I to learn? An obvious and clear narrative was not followed. Yet we are supposed to learn and follow Tera from all of tera. a Our yeshiva system, community council, Aguch, Merkes, Badats, etc., etc., were all in shambles way before three Gimmel Thomas. Sure could not depend on them for leadership. If this question is disrespectful and or heresy, you should not be... And should not be asked, please don't. I'll let others determine whether it's heresy or not. It may be ignorance in some parts, and I definitely would not speak negatively about those entities that you described, but I know other people say it, so I wrote, read it, not because I agree necessarily. But yes, there are plenty of challenges in that regard. I cannot answer for the Rebbe, and I don't need to answer for the Rebbe. The Rebbe, to me, the Moshe Rabbeinu, does not need my explanations. Moshe Rabbeinu did what he did, and the Rebbe did what he did. I don't need an explanation. If you want to dafka, push explanations, well, you have thousands of years of history. You'll have situations where before the Balshemtav, where were the leaders? Who's, who did they leave in place? It's not up to the leader himself always to leave someone in place. It's up to the Abishthan Remember, who pointed Moshe Rabbeinu? Not the people elected him. But God chose him, and he didn't even want to do it. God chooses leaders. Yeshua was not chosen by Moshe. Yeshua was chosen by the and The Abishthan told Moshe that he should be Samech. He should ordain him and he should be the next leader. God runs the show. No one else. So it's not about the Rebbeim planning the future. God plans the future and he gives the Rebbeim the keiches and the directives and the abilities. I mentioned before, not all the Rebbeim appointed the next Rebbe. So they either relied that we, the Chassidim would find out or they relied what would happen. What would happen? So I don't have any questions on the Rebbe. We have to do what we were told what we have to do and that's what we have to do. Do what the Rebbe told us to do, I guarantee you we'll get the results that the Rebbe said would happen. That's how I see it. And all other things are sideshows and distractions. The Rebbe told us what to do. He said, To bring Gula Mashiach, spreading goodness and kindness, learning in Yanni Gula Mashiach, making a revolution in the world of bringing Chesidus to the world. Are we doing that? You know, you could think when you read all this, everything was done. The only thing that's missing is we have to appoint another leader. So much has not been done. We have 7 billion people on this planet. gotten Him. We have 14.5 million a half million Yidin. Have we reached them? I live in New York. When New York has 2 million Jews, how many Shiri and Gula Mashiach are there? I'm not here to criticize, but we have work to be done and work that we were told to do. Vaday. That was surely what we were told to do. So I want to just keep this focus. We have to be focused on what we were told to do. Everything else is optional or maybe not even necessary and not even appropriate. Next, Gimel Tama's related question. Did the Rebbe take responsibility for shluchim? While growing up, I was told that the Rebbe had said that he takes responsibility for those who go on shlichus. Now I hear people denying it, that he never said anything like that. Someone else said that he only said the chinuch of shlichus children, that they would have a place to learn. Do you know any factual information? Did he promise? What was the promise? There sure is a lot of pain and anguish among shluchim physical as well as spiritual, so maybe the Rebbe never really assumed any type of responsibility. What is the fact? Okay. I did not do full research on this topic, and I would invite anyone that has direct answers, Sikhs, letters, yechidis, whatever it may be, where the Rebbe speaks about this. But I will tell you, I have no question in my mind, I heard it myself, and uh, over the years, that the Friedrich Rebbe took a for the chassidim and their children, even when there were great, great challenges in Russia, and then in Europe, in America, the Rebbe did take a chreis. But what means taking a chreis? It's not magic here. Taking a chreis means that Rebbe says that do my work and I will do whatever I can. But then we see things happen. A holocaust, God Almighty, happened. So we don't have answers to these bigger questions. The Rebbe could take full a and we still don't have answers. The Rebbe, yes, gave bracha sometimes. And it didn't work out exactly the way the Rebbe said it. So, if you're a chassid, the answer is I don't understand everything. A bigger question is on God. And if questions, you can have questions as well. The Rebbe did take a chrys, not just on the shluchim, on all chassidim, and all Eden. And he did what he can do. But sometimes God, of course, can always intervene. The Rebbe wanted Mashiach. What do you need more than that? And what happened? The Rebbe didn't, wasn't Mason Nefer, gave his life in every possible way to do it. The Rebbe said, I did everything I can do. The Rebbe is speaking. The Rebbe never said such a thing. I did everything. The Rebbe always said there's more to do. And yet God, whatever reason, I don't know the mystery. We may never know the answer. Maybe we will know the answer. The Rebbe writes in the famous letter, one day we will know. Hashem The point is we don't have to have answers to all these questions. And yet we fully believe that, yes, the Rebbe takes a chryis. I you see things happen. Things happen. We live in a golas. And we live in a situation where it's not always going to be exactly as we understand it. Is Gamzula Teva and everything deeper good? Absolutely. But it's not always the way we apparent, we see it. And the biggest thing is the gula itself. Deir HaShvi, the Rebbe said. So why are we here 24 years later? 26 years since the stroke of Chavzayin I don't have an answer. The only thing I can say to myself is that I do what I had to do. And I know I didn't. So that's, my, that's what I have to look at. I don't look to the Rebbe. The Rebbe did what he had to do. Question is: Am I doing what I have to do? Are you doing what you have to do? I have questions. These are all legitimate questions. That's why I'm reading them. But is that the focus? Is that you know? If you have an answer, great. There are answers given in, in, in Svarim. Why it says Telechu? God says do mitzvahs, and you see what happens. Not always works that way. The Holocaust itself, the Rebbe says, you can't say it's a punishment, etc., etc., etc. The focus has to be on our action. Next question. This one I addressed at length, so I'll just read the questions and I'll just refer you to previous episodes because I see time is, is getting tight here. But I wanted to really cover, and I will cover this and want a few more other things we'll, we'll, I think we'll manage here. The, the, okay, next question. How does the Rebbe answer us today? What is the meaning of going to the oil or riding into the igris? Yeah. I know some people will be offended. The people who go to the oil will be maybe offended by why I equate it with riding to the Igris. The people who ride to the Igris and don't go to the oil or don't go that much to the oil may be offended that way. But, you know, listen, the point is the different chassidim do different things. And I discuss this at length in episodes 22, 23, 41 through 44. I'm just going to read quickly the questions. And I refer you there because I addressed it at length in detail. Dear Rabbi Jacobson, firstly, I would like to express much gratitude for you, to you for your weekly broadcasts. I've learned so much from your wisdom and over, over the past four years, and I'm sure I'm one of many. Thank you. As we approach Gimel Tamaz, as Chassidim, we know this is a very auspicious day on our calendar when we all try to strengthen our Iskashos, that's connection to the Rebbe. One of the ways we do so is by davening at the Rebbe's oil, where we pour out our hearts for anything we need and recommit ourselves to him and his instructions. Often, however, we don't see the results of our requests, which raises the obvious question. How do we understand the Sikhs of Tafshinyud, 5 5710? where the Rebbe constantly speaks about how the Rebbe answers us just as before, when we would receive clear responses from the Rebbe directly or through one of the secretaries? How are we to understand the famous answer of the Rebbe we write writes to a chosid? If he'll be strong in his discussions, the Rebbe will certainly find a way to answer him when we try to do so and don't see answers. Haslachin, continue the great and holy work which you do. Well, quickly the answer to that is, um, and before Gimel Tammuz, many times the Rebbe would answer, and we didn't always see the exact result of that answer. The answer is, as the Rebbe says many times, we get the answer, you have to be wise and open your eyes to see the answers, Sometimes the answers come in ways we don't always see, obviously. It's good to talk to an objective party. So what the Rebbe says, the Sikhs of Tavshin Yud, that there is, the light is coming, you have to be a keli for it. And that you will find answers if you look. Sometimes the answers are in the Sikhs. I find answers to questions I have all the time. I don't think it's an immediate answer the Rebbe is giving me right now. But the answer is there, the approach. I find the approach all the time. Things that I have a dilemma about. I've talked about some of these not personal always, but always either workwise and so on, you find the approach, the Rebbe's directives are there. And sometimes, Ashgachal Pratish, you find it immediately relevant. The fact that we don't always find, I would just say continue to look, HaFogba, HaFogba, and you'll find those answers. Good. Next. Writing to the Rebbe and opening iglis. when writing to a Rebbe that is not around us anymore, the Rebbe would normally say, the Rebbe, as this previous questioner asked. The Rebbe will already find a way to answer. Does that mean we should look in the Igris and read the page before and after and attempt to find an answer? What would be the Rebbe's approach to that? A, follow-up que- a following question also, what is the source for writing in the Igris? What is the source for writing in the Igris? Didn't the Rebbe say by the shleishim of his mother that after the 120, the chassidim should go whenever they have a question in front of a bezdin of three cheshavit people and the shechina will rest on them? The answer to this thing with the Igris. I spoke about the episodes again, 22, 23, 41 through 44, so I'm not going to go through that again. I also spoke about the oil. The bottom line is the shepherd does not leave his sheep. He'll find a way to answer. It could be an answer to the oil, it could be an answer to it could be an answer in many, many other ways. I don't think there's one way that Rebbe answers. He has many ways to answer. Sometimes you meet somebody and that's the answer. He writes that many times before Gimel Thomas. He writes that, I gave you an answer. This and this person came to see you. What better answer was than that? Or someone wrote about going out of uh, Russia. And uh, uh, so they said, you went out of Russia. What better answer is than that? You don't always have to have the exact answer. So there you have that. There's more things and follow-ups I would like to speak about, but because of time, I will just do one because it's relevant to Gimel Thomas as well. I spoke, what is in essence the difference between sikh and a maimer, discussed this in last week's episode uh, 215 so I referred to a that I, I, a letter that I did not I wasn't remembered I didn't remember but thank you for that reminded me there's another letter a letter in Purim Tav Dalit, printed in the Sikha's volume 4 page 1289 and is volume 1 page 260 yes it's a medical letter where the Rebbe speaks about the difference between a sikh and a Maimer, and you can look it up there and the details are all there in that, uh, that sikh in that letter I should say and it speaks about Meshach and Matanas Lev Yenim, and how is also brings something down to people, even beyond the formalities of Maimir, also to people of all levels and all places and so on, and mindsets. Okay, the other follow-ups we'll do next week. Let me go to... Well, I'll do one follow-up, because I, while the Rebbe did not intervene to improve our yeshiva system, there was one more question, one more comment. The person wrote, Thank you, Words from the heart. What is saddest is that chassidim don't have the same passion and conviction for what's true, perhaps a symptom of the times and challenges. Okay, I just wanted to read that, so I got that out of the way. Now, um, I know it sounds like it just jumped out of nowhere, but it's a follow-up to previous episodes. Let's go to the chassidist question, then we'll do the essays, and then we will wish each other a very powerful week to prepare for Gimel Tamuz in all a positive way. The Khsidis question is, The seventh Rebbe's views on Mashiach. How do we understand the different statements that Rebbe made about Mashiach, De Rashvi, leader of the generation, and the Frida Rebbe? I've been doing some research lately into the Divinity of the Seventh Bavitcher Rebbe. I would like to summarize for you some of my findings and offer two questions. I do this in the hope that you can provide a source for me and answer the questions, answer the questions for me, or ask someone else for answers. I'm also eager for any corrections you may want to offer. Thanks very much. I have two questions. One. Was the 7th Rebbe equating the Nosey Ador with Mashiach, even if that meant Mashiach Tzitkenu as early as Toph 5710? 5, 7, 10? Two, since he posits that the 6th Rebbe is Mashiach, what does the 7th Rebbe mean when he offers a Tfilah that the 6th Rebbe be misached with Mashiach Tzitkenu, be united with Mashiach Tzitkenu? The sources that he brings here, this writer, in the months after the patira of the 6th Rebbe, Shvat Toph the 7th Rebbe would make statements and offer Tfilahs regarding the 6th Rebbe's post patira role. As early as Purim Tovshin Yud this included describing the sixth Rebbe as Nasi Hadar, the leader of the generation. By no later than Tofshin Memvov, the seventh Rebbe had made what appears the fi my opinion, to be a change. He would do the Nasi Hadar with Mashiach, even if that meant Mashiach tzidkenu. In Sichus Kedush Tovshinun Bayis, Volume One, Page Three Eighteen, the seventh Rebbe refers to the sixth Rebbe as the Nasi Hadar and Mashiach, but also offers that tefillah that the sixth Rebbe be immediately United with Mashiach Zidkainu. A list of what the, the seventh Rebbe said about the post-petit role of the sixth Rebbe. So he brings Pasha Truma, Tafshin the sixth Rebbe will be who will lead us toward Mashiach and will be Meitzi and take us out to the Geula. In Nevayaka Tafshin the sixth Rebbe will be Meilech Kras Mashiach. Second day of Shvu was Tafshin Yud, a tefillah that the sixth Rebbe gather every Jew and call upon them to go to Ezraal, that the sixth Rebbe may will lead us out and lead us from Golos to Gula. Simcha state Tovshin Tavshin that the sixth Rebbe will lead us to Mashiach and take us out of Golos and to the Gula, and be made to us and lead us to Eretz Yisrael. Yud Shva Tavshin Yudalof, a tefillah that the sixth Rebbe lead us and take us out to the Gula. The first mime, Yud Shva the sixth Rebbe will be Goyalos, will redeem us, he will be Goyal Chassidus, Chabad, based on the Rebbe's notes and so on the Sikh is volume 2, the 13th of Shfa, Tavshin Aleph, The sixth Rebbe will guide us out of Golos. Put him Tavshin It It's that the sixth Rebbe will lead us toward Mashiach. He is the Nasya Deir until Beis HaMashiach. I'm citing the, the quotations because they're interesting, just to have them all together. Leo Simchestede, That's the Sikh where he talks about shliech with Eser as Mashiach. The sixth Rebbe is the Nasi Dar, the Nasi is Mashiach. Mashiach has different ways to be understood. One way to understand Mashiach is Mashiach Sitkenu Kipshutei. And if people want to understand the Nasi Adar is all that way I will have no complaint. Yeah. Two more. People should learn the Likuta and Marmarim of the Nasi Adar. What do he mean by the Lakut HaSichus? the Rebbe meant that he says in the Sikhs in my is the saying over the sixth Rebbe's Tera, or he is referring to his role as as the continue the successor of the sixth Rebbe and his avedah. Six Sichus Kedush Tav Shinun Beis, volume one three eighteen. The seventh Rebbe is the Mamshikh and Mamalamokim of the sixth Rebbe and his Aveda, The wars that Mashiach must wage were won long ago. 1920, the beginning of the Sixth Rebbe's nasius. Now Mashiach, the Sixth Rebbe, the Nasi HaDar, needs to bring about the Geula. The Sixth Rebbe continues his Avedah after his through his Mamshechem and Malamokim until his was with Mashiach Tzudkena. Okay, thank you for that collection. I re- later received a follow-up from this writer that he resolved his issues, but I still thought it worth the read because really because of the collection. I don't see much contradictions here. First of all, we all know that the Rebbeim are all one. The Rebbe says they're all... The aid of the Rebbeim is different. Alt-Rebba Khachmeh, the Mittla Rebbe Das, all the way to the Rebbe Malchus. But the Moir, in a Moir, there's no Ishtalshlis, no Shalshala, says the Rebbe said Yud Kislev Tovshin Yud. There's no Ishtalshlis, because they're one. Mesha Rib Shabbakal it's one Mesha. Even Gail Rish and Gail Achlin, though they come from different Shvatan, because fundamentally there's one essential element. So in that sense, to talk about that we're talking about this one or that one is the Neshama of the Rebbe goes into the next generation. That was always known. The same Neshama, different Guf, different Siyur, different Aveda, which usually connects to the time that they're in. The Tere Shalom says, that well, the Alta Rebbe lived in the time of Tanoimi, he would have been a Tana. If he lived in the time of Amaroimi, he would have been an So it means that in each generation, according to the needs of the generation. So the second thing is, we know it says in Svarim, long before the Rebbe, that the Nasi of Adar is the Mashiach of the Dor. It's brought, the Bartanura, Sefer, the other sources, the brought in the Sikhs. Now that doesn't mean he's a ready mashiach bapel because you need the rambam says criteria. He needs to be, to um, as he says from beis david, that makes him a. He needs to be Huga uh, uh, beteira mitzvahs dedicated to teira mitzvahs, inspire the world to do that same, fight Mohammed Sashem. That's cheskos mashiach. Then comes the Vaday by building the base of mizrah finishing the war and winning it, building the base of mizrah and the kibbutz Goliaths. So the Nasi Adar is the potential Mashiach, and that's the way it was. That's why the Talmudim of the different uh, 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 sages in the Gemara said each, the name of each of their Rebbe. That's why in different generations, they identified a certain person, the Nasi Adar. But to be Zeche, and Vaday, that requires a few more steps. So, but the collections are a very interesting one, and there's no real contradictions. I see them as all one flow and one continuation. And again, the Ikir is not the discussion of the Populin, but the action. What action does this lead us to? We were given directives. If you really believe the Rebbe is the Rebbe, follow the directives. If you believe that we are the... I believe we heard these words that this is the Deir Hashvi, do what we have to do. Are there questions? I have many questions. We all have questions. That doesn't take away from the commitment and the passion and the drive to forge ahead and fulfill what we were told to fulfill. Episode 7, 22, 47 and 48, I talk more about Mashiach and the Rebbe, and the different citations, and all the nasi gener- the of the dar. So you have plenty to follow if you follow up with if you want to look there. Let's do as our custom is, the final end of each program is the Chassidus Applied 2018 Essays of the Grand Contest that we ran right before Pesach. Announce the winners, and we, the custom is we do every week. We go through three of the essays briefly, just give you a taste of uh, the idea, and you can see all these essays posted at MeaningfulLife.com. I- dot com slash my life and, uh, and or, or by, we post the essays every week new essays or by subscribing to our newsletter and we send them to you in your inbox okay with that essay number one free will how to avoid anger and depression Yasef Poulter age 19 Baltimore Maryland Yeshiva Slabovich in Baltimore okay the big topic of free will here's what he says He writes, the question of whether free will exists is as old as time. Yes, correct. Theories on the topic vary from one extreme stating that free will is a complete illusion to the opposite extreme that an individual has free will in all aspects of life. Exodus explains that free will does exist, however it is severely limited. He goes through a bunch of scenarios and talks about being hurt by people and what that means and so on. Popular self-help books will say things like, there's no use being angry, it won't help the situation, or don't let your failures define you. This essay, we will take a deeper look, a closer look at a few points and ways that Chassidus views free will. We will examine the saying of our sages, when one gets angry, it is as if he's serving idols. After internalizing these concepts, we will see how Chassidus answers how to avoid anger and depression. This will be accomplished through explaining that God is in control of everything and nothing happens without God wanting it to happen. Then he goes through free will through the lens of khsiddis, how this knowledge can change one's perspective of reality, how, put, how to put it all in practical application. And a well done essay, thorough, a lot of good sources, and I recommend that. Thank you for that. Next essay. Next essay is Peace and Love Where the Streets Are Paved with Plastic. Elke Melamed, age 24, Chicago, Illinois. This covers, this, in this essay, we will address, she writes, Elke writes, the inner unrest that comes with living in a world of constant movement and change. We will examine this unrest that is expressed in our interactions with our surroundings, leading to reactive reactivity and indecision. And she goes through a whole structure. In the first section, we will complain about the problem. In the second, third, and fourth sections, we will develop a conceptual understanding of the antidote derived from the Hasidic perspective on purpose as it emphasizes oneness referred to in Hasidic terminology, Agdus Hashem, the unity of God. In the fifth section, we will define the characteristic that underlies the ability to apply the above. And in the sixth section, we will develop a practical process of implementation. And in the conclusion, we will discuss strategies for maintaining it. The entire of this essay is based on a beautiful talk of the Rebbe from Shavuos Nun Aleph. And she goes on to do exactly as she promises. Very, a road trip with no rest stops, intentional living. When you... Oneness in the Wilderness, it's a pretty comprehensive essay and very well worth, again, very good tools, very good applying chassidus to our lives. Finally, essay number three for this week, The End of Procrastination. Shtenakarp, 22 years old, Brooklyn, New York. Okay, great. The 20 minutes it takes from when the alarm goes on until you're out of bed, the stack of books waiting to be read, the mending and fixing that still needs our attention. Supposedly only 20% of the population procrastinates, but the number would probably be a lot higher if people got around to filling out the survey. The wise act immediately, a fool pushes things off, the Deborah Shop said. I mean, She goes on to talk about procrastination and the phases. Phase one of getting beyond procrastination, become motivated, don't fall for the trap, know what there is to lose, be polite. In summation, she uses the acronym TAP, TRAP, appreciate polite. In phase two, take action. Meet God halfway, eat the frog, build habits. And that is C, the acronym S-E-E. Phase one, and then comes yeah, the actions of phase one and phase two, a well-done essay addressing a topic that we all can use help with, procrastination. Which, of course, all of these topics, if you think about it, the Rebbe represented the antithesis to all of them, how to avoid anger and depression and uh, dealing with the movement of life and, of course, procrastination. (laughs) Amazazen, El-Mezurazen, the Rebbe would write very often, especially to procrastinators. You only speak, you only, uh, how do you say, you only, Amazazen, you only encourage people that are already going quickly to go even quicker. Sometimes the Rebbe would write that with people that weren't going so quickly. It was a way of expressing it in somewhat of a, tongue-in-cheek fashion. So this was the special Gimel Tamas edition. And uh, as I said at the outset, it's not an easy topic to speak about, yet we must, we must join hands. meet Minds mind, meet, kindred spirits join our hearts, because that's the way we're strong. And we each can help each other, we each can complement each other. There's much to be done, that's the focus. We were trained to do. We are day workers to bring light into this world. There are many, many questions we don't have answers to. There are many challenges. There are many real dilemmas, difficulties. But can we dwell there? Dwell there, you end up usually not doing anything. And we were trained to work and do. And that's the focus. Find positive things you can do. There's nothing better to do on Gimel Tamos. Instead of crying, instead of bemoaning, instead of saying how much we miss the Rebbe, those feelings can all have a moment for them. But the most important thing is make a commitment to action. You tell me, what would the Rebbe most want you to do if you were standing in front of him on Gimel Tamas? What would he want you to do? Action. He wouldn't want you to tell, tell me how much you're missing me. He wouldn't want you to be sitting and crying and just hanging around. He would want you to go do something. Make a revolution on your level, each one of us. So maybe do exactly that, and maybe even before Gimel Tamas comes, maybe Zeche and Merit to the Gula, Amitiz, Vashleim, you reunited with the Rebbe, you're reunited with all the rabeim. The that will demonstrate and reveal the purpose of everything we've gone through and everything we have struggled with and finally come to that destination. It should all happen before Gimel Tamas. Meanwhile, let us all use this week properly the days preparing for that day, for that uh, whatever day you want to call it, but it's a day of challenge and a day of motivation. And again, until next Sunday, this has been My Life Chassidus Applied, episode 216. Please send us your questions, comments, anything I spoke about here, be happy to follow up on, and also of course appreciate your contributions, especially in honor of Gimel Tamuz, to continue bringing the Rebbe's message and the Rebbe's Chassidus and the Chassidus of all the Rabbis to an applied level, applied Chassidus. Thank you very much, and everyone have a very good week and a blessed week.